Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Now, it's Gabe time. Gabe Kuhn. Gabe Kuhn was one of the great little trivial nuggets in all football bios. His grandfather was the inventor of the Easy Bake Oven. Like a boss. The best lineman on the radio. Well, the only lineman on the radio. It's game time. Game time. We're ready. The Gabe Coon Show. 92.9 FM ESPN. And on a Tuesday, December 5th, 2023, welcome in to the Gabe Coon Show. I am your host, former Memphis Tiger offensive lineman, Gabe Coon. On X at G underscore Coon 71. I'm alongside the executive producer of the Gabe Coon Show. That'd be Connor Dunning. On X at C Dunning 929. Connor, are you a little bit peeved today like me? Or just a tad bit peeved? I think everybody in Memphis that's a sports fan is just a little bit peeved with what's going on with uh, City Council. But I'm sure we'll have a discussion about it. But how are you doing? Are you feeling all right? I- I'm feeling all right. You know, it's uh, just I, why does it always have to be difficult? We, make, we tend to make things harder than they should be. Yes. It just is, whether it's Memphis football against some of these inferior opponents this year. Oh, Memphis Tigers basketball. Tigers basketball Grizzlies. at Ole Miss. The Grizzlies at 5-14. and 14. We just, we, this year, the end of this year. Driving on the highway. Been, yeah, that too. <laughs> it's just been a little bit difficult. Throwing metal plates over, uh, over our... Uh, Bumps on our road are uh, so we don't crash. No, no we're good instead at that. Of, we're actually of, good at doing of, that. Instead of fixing it. We're, we're, the city's actually very good at doing that. <sighs> we make things harder than they should be. Though. And the the Memphis City Council situation is just another example. Now, three hours of talk on the way, courtesy of 92.9 FM ESPN and yours truly. I'm just going to lay out the show, and we'll, then we'll get into it. Jeff Calkins at 5 o'clock from the Jeff Calkins Show in the Daily Memphian. Uh, he's at the City Council meeting, or was at the one that, st- uh, that convened at 3.30, so we'll talk to him about... A lot of what we're going to discuss off the top of the show. Christian Fowler at 6. We'll get into a little bit with him as well as uh, Tiger football. Where should they be placed next year? How does he feel about the uh, AutoZone Liberty Bowl matchup with Iowa State? There's that. Trip around the NFL at 5.30. We'll talk a little bit of Monday Night Football and uh, the Jaguars losing Trevor Lawrence for likely a couple of weeks. And then the Blitz will be at 6.30 where, Connor, I'm ready to discuss it. With all the skepticism that we had, around the NBA in-season tournament, it's turned out pretty damn good, pretty damn successful. I'm not fully sold on everything about it, but the TV ratings don't lie. And the intensity that the players are playing with, that doesn't lie either. I mean, you saw last night the the Pacers, uh, sort of the center of the universe beating the Celtics. At home, playoff-type environment, that was fun. It really was. It was a great time. Now, I, I feel like here in, in Memphis, it kind of falls on deaf ears a tad bit because the Memphis Grizzlies were truly and utterly just awful <laughs> in season tournament games. They were on for it. It wasn't close. Spin zone. It's going to make next year's victory sweeter. Yes. <laughs> the parade route will be, we'll, we'll plan the parade route and we'll figure it out for next year. Um, honestly, we could have a parade just for one in season tournament win after going on four, right? Right. I think that's fair. Sure. 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 Now, let's get into it. J.B. Smiley and the Memphis City Council. Um, it is official right now uh, with the resolution as far as the stadium renovations with $50 million coming from Fred Smith, another $50 million being raised by the University of Memphis, along with $120 million and then $230 million 
to uh, FedEx Forum. Looks like that resolution, it has been voted to postpone that resolution until December 19th. And this really comes in response to yesterday, J.B. Smiley, who is uh, on the city council. He opened a dialogue on not wanting to pass Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium for free over to the University of Memphis without a spot on the U of M Foundation board, which I don't quite understand. Um, Ultimately, my thought process has been if you pass it over to the University of Memphis, the amount of care they will give it to it, uh, they will give to it, is probably more than what the city will give to it ultimately. The city, quite frankly, has not made any money out of the Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium, out of Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium. They have not uh, done anything of, of, of significant value. Yeah, they, they turf and a couple of upgrades and repairs and that type of thing, but they've ran up a, a tremendous amount of debt. And if you talk to most people within city government, they say that it's a big liability for the city. So passing it off to the University of Memphis, I didn't think would be this big of an issue, but J.B. Smiley has made it an issue. And I don't know why we have to make it harder than it is. I just don't get it. Fred Smith came out of his own pocket to try to make all these things happen. Uh, People seem happy at the given moment. I understand that there's a lot more money that the Grizzlies need, right? And uh, Chase Carlisle, who's also on city council, mentioned they're probably going to need $300 million in about three years. We were never out of the dark as far as the Memphis, Memphis Grizzlies were concerned. But this was a resolution that seemed to feed both parties an equitable amount that they really tended to at least latch on to in the given moment so everything could get done. And we're holding it up because we want spots on the damn U of M Foundation board. You've had the chance to make improvements to Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium over the years. If you're the city council, if you're at the mayor's office, if you're dealing with city government, you've had the chance to to have your impact felt on Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium, and it hasn't happened to this point. And it's become a liability for you. It seems like there's about two people in city government, Martavius Jones and J.B. Smiley, both on city council, that want to hold on to this thing for dear life. And I just can't understand it. I just don't get it, and I I think those guys need to look in the mirror at some point and sort of ask themselves, is this decision, this conversation, this dialogue you've opened up, is it for the guy you're looking in the mirror every morning, or is it for the greater good of the city of Memphis? Is it for me, or is it for we? And something tells me that this is probably on the me side. I don't know if it has to do with lining pockets. I'm not going to speculate on that. I don't know if it has to do um, with with self-interest in general. It sort of feels that way. But in the end of the day, it just feels foolish to go down this route and try to keep the, the Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium project, the FedEx Forum project, from going on their way. There seems to be two options here, Connor. One, you hold this all up. The resolution does not pass. The Grizzlies are about to leave. You piss off the University of Memphis. Or you let this resolution go through. You pass it through. Everybody's happy in the given moment. I know which one I want. It's the latter. But city council, a couple guys sitting in on city council that are city council members seem to think differently. And I don't get it. And I want someone to explain this to me like I'm five as to why they have these thoughts in their head about wanting to be on the U of M Foundation board and not wanting to pass off Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium to the University of Memphis. I want someone to explain it to me like I'm five, their reasoning behind making this an issue. Right, and that's why I think this has been a frustrating day for alum like the two of us, fans of the University of Memphis, fans of the Memphis Grizzlies, and and citizens of Memphis in general. I think it's been a frustrating day because it's reminiscent of you know, the Michigan story in, in the sense that I kept reading through things and, and trying to look things up and, and reading quotes, and I was trying to find the reason this is happening. I was trying to find the end game here. What's the end game? Because the only logical conclusion is if you hold this up, it could potentially end in the Grizzlies leaving Memphis. It could end it in could the University everything. of it could end in the University of Memphis no longer having a shot to get into the Power Five because we don't get renovations on the Liberty Bowl. It could end in sponsors leaving the Liberty Bowl because renovations haven't happened there. And I'm just not quite sure what this is for. 
Are you trying to flex? I, I heard Jason, and that's is it, is it flex? Is that the only thing is that's happening? Are you like, trying to show your here's power? The issue. If, if, are, if, yes, is that, your ego hurt because that's it was? Thought. I, I think part of this is is your ego hurt because it's it was presented to you and you pride. weren't part of it. Get at some point, you have got to put the city before yourself, and you have got to look at the long term effects here. This is not the type of thing. I know the offices don't love each other. This is not the issue to do this with. It's not it. It's not this one. It affects too many things. Move on, check your egos, and do what's best for the city. And I just wonder, like, what type of self-interest are we serving here? Like, that's my question. Because it's got, like, there's got to be some level of self-interest being served here by J.B. Smiley, Martavius Jones. It can't just, it doesn't make sense to hold up something the entire city wants and most of the city council board wants and most of the city government uh, members want you're the only two that seem to be lashing out against it, and it's just it doesn't quite compute. And, and like my only thought goes to self-interest. Is it pride? Is it money? What What is this going to – this resolution, what does it get in the way of for J.B. Smiley, for Martavius Jones, for guys of that ilk? Because it's also not like the Liberty Bowl has been some huge successful asset for the city. It loses money. Why are you trying to hold on to that? It benefits the University of Memphis to get it. I understand that it will still probably lose money with the University of Memphis, but the ownership of it will help their argument for getting into a Power Five, which in turn helps the city as a whole. It's There's no reasoning to hold on to that damn thing. No. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> It it's an asset for the University of Memphis, but right now for the city, first of all, you've neglected it. That's yes. what, you've ne- neglected it. This year, we had discussions about how much trash there was around it. I pulled up off of Southern Avenue and saw just an insane amount of trash sitting right in the parking so lot. So don't pretend like the city's been taking care of this thing or that they <laughs> truly care about it. That's what's bothering me almost the most is that they, they, they've, they're almost trying to craft this story as if, oh, the city has some feelings about No, they don't. We have our eyeballs. We all go to the games. When you go to the games this year, there was trash. We Fans complained about it. The university had to ask the city to go do something about it. It's ridiculous that, that we're probably, having discussions about this. I'll tell you this, this. This probably wouldn't happen if the University of Memphis had exactly. their hands on it. They'd probably take a little bit more care of it it's because not, it's right on their forefront. It's something they have to pay attention to. It's not to. a priority for the city of Memphis. It's, it would it's be a priority. a priority for the University no of question. Memphis. No question. No question about it. This is not the type of thing to be digging in on. This is not the type of thing to try to flex on. I understand the office might not like each other. I understand he's trying to show power before he goes into a different position. This is not the way to do it. It is not the issue to do it on. Too many things and, and, could be affected by this. And it could – the end game here, the, the worst part, the worst – possible ending here grizzlies leave and the economy of memphis crashes <laughs> is this what you're playing know, with you're this. playing with fire i'll say this i don't think that that's going to happen i don't when, either what but I that's saw, what that's what they're from playing what with. i saw it feels as if okay we're we're having these discussions about uh the the stadium renovations and getting to this resolution and december 19th likely we could still move it through and and pass it through i don't think it's going to be completely uh put you know it's not going to be the kaput on this entire plan but it's just delaying it for the sake of delaying it. Right. There's no other, no other way I can put it. I get that you want to go into these decisions and have all the facts presented to you, but it feels like all the facts are on the table, and, and we're, at a, we're at a juncture where you just need to make the decision that's correct for the city. Now, I understand there was some uh, thoughts from Artavius Jones about why didn't we give it all to the uh, Grizzlies? They can leave. Uh, the University of, Memphis, University of Memphis can't. The resolution that's on the table, we want both these things to get done. That's how it gets done. And even if you throw all of the state funds directly at uh, at the FedEx Forum, there's still more money that you need to put into that project to get it fully completed to their liking. Right. They want a $500 million to $550 million influx of money to go get that deal done. If you throw 350 at it, that's not the whole sum of money. So we're just trying to be equitable and find resolutions that work for all parties involved. And we're stepping in the way of it for just and delaying it for the sake of delaying it. And that is just doesn't compute to me, doesn't make sense to me. I'm sure we'll have more light shed on it and, and shined on it here in the coming weeks. But no vote on this resolution until December 19th. That's what we learned today. I understand that this thing came to be in a way that is not normal. 
you know, it was kind of presented and said, hey, here, this is the completed thing. This needs to go through. I understand that they weren't really talked about with it. And that might have an ego check there. That might hurt an ego a bit. But you've got to see the bigger picture here. You've got to be. What discussion are you trying to spark? What? Uh, that's ridiculous. About your job? Is that the discussion you want to start? And I'll say this about, like, you know, the Martavius Jones, J.B. Smiley. If you're stepping in the way of this thing, if you want to be a city council member for a long time, if you want to be in these positions going forward, I think it's in your best interest not to step in the way of something. Why like are we getting this. in the way of progress? Yeah, I don't get it. I just, I need someone to explain this thing to me like I am five years old. Because there's just no, there's no sense I can make out of this. There's just none. And it's so frustrating. (laughs) It's so frustrating. It's extremely frustrating. It's extremely frustrating. This is something that we were truly worried about was going to be a difficult thing. And then. A deal came together, which they the sides compromised on. The Grizzlies the gave Grizzlies it a thumbs up. It a That's thumb- why I don't understand talking about the Grizzlies here. The Grizzlies gave it a thumb up, thumbs up. What are we doing? <sighs> I don't know. You know what I say all the time, Gabe Coon. Don't let perfect get in the way of good. Don't is that let where perfect get in the way of good. He's letting perfect get in the way of good. And is that <laughs> Connor? Is there perfect? And by the no. way, if you gave him a spot on the U of M Foundation Board, if you kept Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium in the control of the city, that is the opposite of perfect. There's nothing. What's perfect about that? Nothing. I, I, again, I think it comes down to: Am I serving me or am I serving we? Right. And it feels like these guys are serving the guy in the mirror, the me. And that is just a a frustrating reality of any level of politics, whether it be city politics, municipality uh, politics, uh, national politics. We tend to get in these situations where guys in power want to flex their muscles and show that power, and they serve themselves. It's like, great, cool, you flex, move on. Can we do this now? Great, we saw you. We heard you. Great, thank you. Yes. Can we move on? Can you listen to the people that voted you in? Could you do that? Yes. It's extremely frustrating. Yes. Because, I, because, like we keep saying, I keep trying to find a reason as to, to why to hold this up, and I can't find one. No. I can't find a legitimate reason. Yeah. I, I don't know. It, it feels as if the guys that are pushing against this just wanted more of a say on the front end. Right. In it. Which I get. And I get it, but also... When it's presented to you and it seems to be figured out and you have someone donating out of the kindness of their heart to get some of these things done when no one else would step up to the plate and the state didn't give you enough funds, you just sort of have to roll with the punches and move forward and, and not impede progress. And I just, I, I, I sort of saw this coming after uh, the comments from Artavius Jones uh, when when Fred Smith did give the money, but I didn't think that it would have to be postponed another, uh, you know, what, 14 days? I think that's another thing. Let's not do this with Fred Smith, okay? He's not the person to do this with, you know? Somebody who, <laughs> who quite frankly, has put Memphis on his back in many a times. Let's not do this with him, okay? He's trying to give $50 million. He's trying to make this thing go through and have a compromise for everybody. Let's let this thing happen. I understand that you may have issues with how it came to be, not being, not being uh, you know, talked to with about it. You can have those complaints while still understanding that this thing needs to happen for the city of Memphis and for the University of Memphis and the Memphis Grizzlies. You can still hold those complaints and still talk about those complaints. You can still have those discussions while still letting this thing grow through. You can say, hey, this thing didn't happen the way that we think it needed to. We understand why this needs to go through, but can we have a discussion about how it happened and how we can make sure this doesn't happen in the future? That is a valid argument to make. Holding this up for the sake of it is not valid to me. It's not. It's not. Now, also, um, one of the uh, highlights or lowlights, depending on how you look look at it, of the uh, city council meeting, early city council meeting today, was Councilman uh, Jeff Warren stepping up and – Telling, uh, telling people what he wants the Southern Heritage Classic to be called. Um, he wants it to be called the Soul Bowl. Jeff, what? Are, what why? What, what? What? What made you present that today? What made you want to change the name of the Southern Heritage Classic? What, and also, you're a you're a you're a white male, uh, aging white male. What, looks like what Colonel makes, Sanders. What may? What Let's makes, not. What makes you think that? Anyone wants to take your opinion on what the Southern Heritage Classic could be called? I find it, it, it's ridiculous, yes. I find it kind of funny, though. 
that this guy really would step up and and make it make a make a suggestion to Fred Jones about well, what we should it's call such the a ridiculous. What are we doing? The humor that you could find in it is how ridiculous of a suggestion it truly is. It's also a misinformed one, as many people have said, and not only to our station, but have said on the artist formerly known as Twitter. That game already exists. Jackson State and Alcorn State play in the Soul Bowl. It's it exists. Okay, <laughs> dummy. What an idiotic suggestion to make. <laughs> And you know he had a smirk on his face when he did it. Well, but also, it's just like, of all the people to make that suggestion... Not you. You're not the one, brother. <laughs> not you. You're not. You have gray... Last on the list. You're a white man with gray hair and glasses that works on the Memphis City and Council. And you wear a bow tie. Not right? good. Probably not the one... That's not the recipe. ...who should be trying to change the name of the Southern Heritage Classic. Just saying. Just saying. But that was... That, it's that, a great name. It doesn't need to be changed. I did. I did get a kick out of it. I got to kick out of how just funny, how ridiculous it ridiculous was. Ridiculous it was, and then yes. when the picture came out, I was like, "Oh my god!" Yes. Um, so let's move on to some different news because it is kind of frustrating to think yes. that we're going to postpone this thing. And I, I w- worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole. Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are so let instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date download the instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last minimum ten dollar per order additional term supply t-mobile has invested billions to light up america's largest 5g network from big cities to small towns including right here in yours and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. I want to get people in a better mood. Um, but th- uh, Monday Night Football last night, um, not a great game, um, although the Bengals definitely prevailed. 34-31, to 31, they found a-, a way to get it done, and they are 6-6, six and six, and it kind of amazes me. I will say this, I have to uh, give a shout-out to Jason Smith um, and, uh, and our uh, beautiful 92-9 Fantasy League. I ended up getting the win because Christian Kirk got hurt and Jamar Chase went off, so... Uh, I guess the uh, fantasy football gods were on my side last night. Um, but that game, I, I, I just, I have not been able to shake this thought all year, Connor. And tell me if you think it's misinformed. Tell me if you think it's ridiculous. I don't think it is by any stretch of the imagination. We saw Jake Browning just carve up the Jacksonville Jaguars defense in his second start as a pro. 32 for 37, 354, one TD. He even ran one in, two, two rushes for 22 yards. I think he basically had it. It was a, a quarterback sneak that got him the touchdown. Um, but Joe Mixon ran really well, had two touchdowns. And the Bengals, again, got over top on the road at Jacksonville when Jacksonville's fighting for a spot to be you know, seemingly the top of the AFC, at the top of the AFC. They were 8-3. and three. They wanted to go to 9-3 and three, um, and, and push for that spot. They end up at 8-4. and four. I'm going to ask this question. What do the Jaguars do that is markedly great? Like, what about that team do you look at 
and you focus, it could be rushing yards allowed, the amount of rushing yards they get, passing yards, their pass defense, their pass rush, whatever it is. What about that team is markedly great? Because I don't see anything. They're middle of the pack in passing yards, middle of the pack in rushing yards, middle of the pack in uh, uh, total yards. They're middle of the pack defensively in every single category. Are they fun? Sure. You have Doug Peterson coaching. He's won a Super Bowl. He's turned that franchise around, uh, got them out of mediocrity, make, make sure they have not been a laughing stock. They have a fun quarterback in Trevor Lawrence who did get hurt last night, I'll mention that a little bit later, and sort of talk about the AFC and the playoff picture and where we're at. But to me, that is a nondescript football team, winning football team, I'll give them credit for winning, that has a fun quarterback that everybody just sort of latches onto. I do not see the Jaguars in, in some meaningful Super Bowl push light. I don't see them as a real... Super Bowl contender, I don't see them as a, a a thorn in the side to a lot of teams in the playoffs, even if Trevor Lawrence gets back healthy. That football team is just truly, besides the winning, they're average around the board. There's nothing I look at and focus on as something they do great besides win football games. Maybe that's – some teams are like that, right? Maybe, you know, uh, no one part is great, but the sum of their parts – makes up for it, and some teams are just like that. But there's nothing about that team that jumps off the page. And some people will say Trevor Lawrence. Some people will say Trevor Lawrence. And, okay, I, I get that he has, uh, you know, a history of winning. What he was able to do at Clemson is phenomenal. And the fact that he came into the league last year, I think it was 25 TDs to 8 INTs, got them into the, Super, or got them into the playoffs. They won a playoff game, came back all the way on the Chargers. Like, I get all that, and I get who Trevor Lawrence is. But so far this year, let's not act like he's having some like resounding, unbelievable follow-up year to what he had last year. 14 TDs to 7 INTs, completing 68% of his passes, 3,000 yards. There are better quarterback statistics out there. Is he good? Yes. Has he been exceptional? No. So I, I just keep asking this question. I've asked it just about every time I've seen the Jaguars on, you know, prime, in primetime games, in primetime slots. What do they do that you think is just markedly great? Where are they above league average? Where, where do you find sort of the, the – why are they winning these games, I guess? Where on that team, position group by position group, do you think they are better than the rest of the league? Because I don't see any. Maybe linebackers? Foye Oluokan is good. Leads the NFL in tackling. I'll give him his credit. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, I mean. To your point, though, I think they are a. just about it. They are a above average, really good football team that wins games, but they don't do anything special, to your point. And I don't think they're ready yet to necessarily make that Super Bowl push. But they're they're getting closer. Last night's a stark reminder that you have Jake Browning on sure. the other side. All you have to do is stop the run and make Jake Browning, uh, Jake Browning beat you. And he does because your secondary is not ready to go. And I would argue, too, with Foye Oluokan and, and Devin Lloyd, who have been a decent linebacking core, they, their, their coverage skills are not that great. They're really good tacklers within the box. They can uh, get sideline to sideline, but in coverage, they're not all that awesome. Their DBs aren't very good. They don't have a, a substantial pass rush. Josh Allen's solid, right? They have good players. But there's not one thing about that team that really jumps off the page. It seems like they need a true, like, star offensive weapon. You know, I think Etienne is really good. Calvin Ridley can be really Some good. He has been great. That that's Trevor Lawrence, but he has not been phenomenal so far this year. And Calvin Ridley, we thought he'd be that guy, but right. he's had his ups and downs this he's year. He's starting to get better toward the end of the, But then Christian Kirk, they need that no-doubt offensive weapon. You know what I mean? That's, it feels like they're kind of missing that piece, they, a no-doubter. Yeah, yeah. Um, now with... Uh, Trevor Lawrence likely going to be sidelined for a couple of weeks. It is not going to be easy for them to win the, the AFC South. Like it's, it's not going to be as easy as we thought because we have two teams right behind them and the Colts and the Texans who are a surprising 7-5. and five. We know the Texans have been phenomenal as of late, and the Texans beat them two weeks ago or, or lost to them by a, a score two weeks ago. Um, but we have at Browns, 
versus Ravens, at Bucks, versus Panthers, at Titans to end the year for the Jags. And, and likely they're going to have to get to their backup quarterback here and C.J. Beathard for a couple of games. Like, this is not, this is not open and shut. Right, will they make the playoffs? I think I'd bet on it. Um, but winning the AFC South is not as easy as, as it once seemed. Because the Texans and the Colts have trended in the right direction, and the Texans' remaining schedule seems a lot better. It's very at easy. Jets, at Titans, Browns, again Titans, and then at Colts to end the year, and that could be a pretty deciding game when it comes to the AFC playoff picture. Like, Jaguars are not in some preferential spot at this point. They're in a very tough spot, and they're going to have to dig themselves out of it in these last five games. Would you rather be Houston or Jacksonville moving forward for the next five years? Oh, that's a great question. That is a great question. And I don't quite want to fully buy in to the Texans yet. I want to see Derek Stingley has three INTs or four INTs in three games. He's been phenomenal. He's a young player on the defensive side. Jalen Petrie, he's had some ups and downs because of his injuries. He's been solid. They need more on defense, though. They need more on defense. I really like the thought of C.J. Stroud and Tank Dell once he gets back from injury and Nico Collins and all these guys and uh, their their O-line being fully healthy, which it hasn't been all year. I like the thought of their offense. I think defensively they need a whole lot more. But you you could say the very same about the Jags. Say the very same about the Jags. I guess if we're talking about timelines – and just historical significance of each franchise, I think I'd pick the Texans. Because the Jaguars are just been, they've been known to be in the dumps for these extended periods of time, and they have never had this ability to sustain success. You could say the same about the Texans, but the Texans are a, a, a short-lived franchise. They haven't been around for a long, long time. And uh, I think in a couple of years we could make the argument or have the discussion about C.J. Stroud without question being the best quarterback in the history of their franchise. I know Deshaun Watson was an MVP candidate and all that, but C.J. Stroud in his rookie year doing what he's doing, if he can continue to build off of that success, we may have to revisit this conversation. Well, especially with Nico Collins and Tank Dell there. You know, like it's already kind of set up to where he's got his guys. Now, Tank Dell. I know. We know the injury is not. I mean, yeah. we're, we're talking about a severe injury. We'll see how he comes back from that. He's slight. He's a slight build. That type of thing. He is young, so maybe his healing powers are at an all-time high at this point in his career. Um, Let's go talk to Aaron Rodgers. See how that works. We're gonna have to see how that works. But that is a very that's a good question that I don't think I have a full conclusion on yet. I don't think I'm ready to give you a full answer. That's how good C.J. Stroud is. Yeah, no question. I mean, he's changed he's changed the fortunes of that franchise completely, and I think Tank Dell deserves some credit as well. And of course, head coach. Uh, D'Amico Ryans has been waiting for this opportunity for years and years and years. And if I am going to hang my hat on one thing with D'Amico Ryans versus Doug Peterson, they both have good offenses, solid weapons. I would give D'Amico Ryans the edge in getting the defensive side of the ball figured out over Doug Peterson. And I think that's pretty fair. Bring in some guys, develop some guys. He did a great job. And San Fran, I would probably lean Texans. I'd probably lean to D'Amico Ryans figuring out the rest of that uh, roster and the rest of that team and elevating them. So we'll see how that ages, though. I, I want to revisit that question at some point uh, here in a couple of weeks. Um, but we're going to go ahead and grab a break on that note. Um, and on the other side, we have some uh, pretty interesting things to talk about. It has to do with the ringer in their top 100 <laughs> Uh, list. We know uh, John Morant in the ESPN Top 100 for the NBA came in, I believe, at 35. The ringer has placed him very similarly right there. We'll tell you where all the Grizzlies landed on that list when we return. 92.9 FM ESPN. Guests appear on the Smile Center Hotline. Now back to the Gabe Kuhn Show, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. So everybody's good friends at the Ringer have released their top 100 NBA players. We know that the ESPN top 100 came out before the season, and John Morant was listed at 35. We'll avoid John Morant for a second because there's other highlights we have to get to. Have to get to. Marcus Smart at 76. Cool. That's fine. I can deal with that. Jaron Jackson Jr. at 40. Okay. I think that's equitable. 
Um, need to see more from him on the offensive end. He is a defensive player of the year, so they're giving him his love in the top 50. Desmond Bain at 39, I think that actually is more respect than even the ESPN list gave Desmond Bain in, in that list. So I think that is that is nice. The top five, Jokic, Curry, Embiid, Giannis, and Luka. Um, the sort of uh, <laughs> headline for the entire list, though, was that Embiid was gunning for Jokic, was about to catch Jokic. If you, I'm paraphr- paraphrasing, but again, Embiid is two spots behind Jokic. Jokic, Curry, Embiid, Giannis, Luka. And I have no problem with that top five. Do what you want to do. The problem I have is I understand what happened last year. I understand the transgressions off the floor. I understand we haven't seen him this year. But John Morant in 30s, in the 30s at 32, I just can't understand how a guy with the explanation under his name being when available, he is the single most thrilling player to watch in the NBA. The single most thrilling player to watch in the NBA. You're putting him on a in a category all of his all of his own when you talk about thrilling, entertaining players, yet you put him in the 30s. And this is behind the likes of Trey Young, Darius Garland, Brandon Ingram, LaMelo Ball, and Tyrese Maxey. Those are those are the Names that are right there ahead of him. Tyrese Maxey, I respect the hell out of him. Had a 50-burger early in the season. The 76ers seem better almost at this point in a smaller sample size with him instead of James Harden. But are we really going to put Tyrese Maxey in year one as a full-on starting point guard? Are we really going to put him directly in this list ahead of John Morant, given what we've seen from him in his career and their similar age as well? The same age? I can't do it. I think that's foolish. LaMelo Ball. Love LaMelo Ball. Think he's a good player. I have a lot of respect for what he does night to night. But this is the explanation that the ringer gave. A nightly acid trip who will either show you something you've never seen before or frighten the hell out of you. That's a far cry from the most thrilling player in the NBA, isn't it? And by the way, what has LaMelo Ball accomplished after the regular season? Where has that Charlotte Hornets team been? Yeah, he's their best player. Yes, he does a lot night to night and stats. He accrues a lot of stats. What has it done in the way of winning for that team? Not a damn thing. Not a damn thing. Brandon Ingram, again, have respect for the guy. I mean, he is a 25-point-per-game guy consistently. Has a good three ball. Can score at all three levels. A lot of respect. Outside of scoring, outside of scoring, what has his game translated to on the floor as far as winning is concerned? A lot more this year, but in the past, not so much. Moving on to Darius Garland, like Darius Garland. I like all these players, but at the same time, the point is, there's no reasonable metric that should have John Morant below them. And the fact that it's seemingly national media, until they see him back on the floor, will consistently sort of uh, put him in these <laughs> disrespectful spots in their top 100 or top 50, whatever your list is, it's telling. It's very telling. I fully expect John Morant, when he gets back on the floor, we will resume what we have seen from him throughout his career. He's way too talented. He's going to be hungry when he gets back to the floor. He will move up these lists by the t- this time next year. I fully expect it. But for him to be at 32, I can't see that as any other sort of uh, – any other – I can't see it in any other way besides disrespect. That It makes no sense to have him below some of the guys he's listed below. It just, to me, it seems like people are forgetting how truly good John Morant is when he's out there on the basketball floor. He's a wizard. He does things every single night that you don't think are really that possible. Some of the greatest plays I've ever seen in my life in person are all John Morant. It's crazy the way he can affect a basketball game. And I think that you you were touching on a few things when you were listing off the players who are, who are right in front of him is that they don't affect winning the way that Jod does. When John is on the basketball court, the Grizzlies can beat anybody on any given night. When the other guys are out on the court every single night, it's not the same deal. They don't make everybody around them better in the way that John Morant does. Just look at what the team looks like right now without him. You know, he is... He has done. He's put up forty plus in playoff games multiple times. He has double digit assists. Double digit assists in multiple times. When they even talked about the description of him, they were talking about how he could put up MVP numbers and he can push the Grizzlies to a championship and these things. And that just doesn't match the players he's around. I understand if they would say, "Hey, he's listed at thirty-two simply because he has not played a single game this season." Did do that. Which is fine if you're gonna, but if that's if that's your reasoning, just put it. Just put, hey, he's at 32 also, because he hasn't know, played a single game this year. I don't know year. if that's Great. good. Okay, good that's a bit annoying. When we look at the the 
full timeline of his career well, and what he's it done would for be, this Grizzlies team. It would be annoying, but it wouldn't be it would be easier to, I think, accept than them just trying to still say that his play is the reason he's still at thirty two. It just doesn't match make any sense. When you look at his stats, when you look at his history, like you've said, when you look at his effect on winning, his impact to the Memphis Grizzlies, all of those things need to be taken into consideration. He's he's not thirty two. You know, when John Morant is healthy and when he is actually playing he's basketball, top 15 player, he is top fifty. That's exactly where I was going close, with it. He's hundred percent a top fifteen player. They even have Carl Anthony Towns listed in front of him, which can we be honest here? No. Like that's not that's not the truth. It's just not the truth. I think an easy way to make sure that your list isn't ridiculous or and having John Morant listed at 32, would a single team say no to trading for John Morant for these guys? If you called the 76ers right now and Daryl Morey and you said, hey, one for one, <laughs> John Morant, <laughs> Tyrese Maxey, he would laugh. He'd be like, hey. Jalen Brunson's ahead of him. Jalen Brunson like, for this John James Morant. Harden pranking me? Yeah, Did James Harden, Harden call me to prank me? What is happening here? You know? Yes. Listen. I understand that sometimes these these lists are intentionally uh, clickbaity. And yes, it feels like that, sure. this, that we are falling into that a bit here. But you know, it's a bit fair because thirty two is just ridiculous. You know, if if he was in the twenties, sure, I understand a little bit more. But thirty two, thirty two, come on, come on, if Brandon you're going, Ingram, if you're come going, on. If you're going off skill set and accomplishments in his young career at the age of twenty three, there's no way you have him outside of the top a uh, top fifteen, right. or at least the top twenty. I mean, for God's sake, top 30 is unreal that he's outside of it. Um, but he's he's led this team that was sort of in the abyss. I mean, we think four years ago. Like, oh, we're where, in the was, of hell. where was this team? We were where we compared, are right now. Compared to the last two years, 50 wins and second in the Western Conference over the likes of the Lakers, the Clippers, the, the teams that you thought will always be there, the thing, the team, the Warriors, the teams that you think will always be in that conversation, they were ahead of all those teams. Hey, we could talk about wanting him to have more playoff success, but at the same time, that story's not written yet. He's 23 years of age. Well, He's got to get back on the floor. Let's also be honest about it. It's not Jaws' fault. <laughs> like, Jaws put up the playoff numbers. You know, he's, yeah. he's had the impact. He's had the game winners. It's not necessarily Jaws' fault that they haven't had more playoff success. Yes. But to put him under guys who have had zero, like Zilch? Quite literally LaMelo zero. Ball, yeah. Zilch LaMelo hasn't even success? sniffed it. So, like, I just, I can't get behind that. And it's just, it's arbitrary, and that's how these things are, though. It's, it gets clickbaity. But let's go ahead and move on. The Grizzlies play the Pistons tomorrow in Detroit. I hope. Like hell, you have to win. That this is not an L. You have to win. Like hell. Oh my but God, you have the, to win the, this game. The status report, the injury report, has been uh, published, and no surprises. This is actually a sort of uh, for the way the Grizzlies have been trending. This is a thin injury report, right? This is thin. No Derrick Rose, no Xavier Tillman. It's Marcus Smart, Ja, Jake Laravia, Luke Kennard, Gigi Jackson, Brandon Clark, Stephen Adams. So for the given moment, um, I hate to say it this way. But for the given moment until John Morant returns and you get a couple of guys back, Luke Kennard and Marcus Smart in particular, this is kind of an all-hands-on-deck game for the Grizzlies, which is nice to see because you do not want to lose to a team that's lost what? Are they up to 15 straight games at this point? I, I believe it's 15. Yes, they're 2-16. and 2-18. and 2-18. and 18. Okay, even so more it's than even more thought. than that. It's even more than that. So they have lost 7. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 17 straight. 17 straight. I haven't been keeping up because after you get to Why would you? 14, 15 mark, you just... If they keep losing, they keep losing. But this needs to be a win, and it needs to be some type of intensity. This is the game that they got added because of the nasty sort of turnout for the in-season tournament. 
the nasty 0-4 record that they sustained through the in-season tournament. But this, is, this should be a scheduled win. We talk about scheduled losses all the time. This should be a scheduled win for this team. With the way that the intensity they've been playing with the last three games, with Jalen Noel and Vince Williams Jr. and all of these guys stepping up when their number is called, I feel like this needs to go ahead and be a win because the Pistons are running out the same guys every night, lack of intensity on the defensive end, uh, everybody out for themselves on the offensive end, trying to get those ISO buckets. Grizzlies have been playing a lot more together than this Pistons team, no question about it. Without a doubt. And one of the the positives for the Grizzlies is that that their defense has been much better as of late, and the Detroit Pistons are dreadful on offense. They only score 103 points or something per game or maybe 107, but it's pretty low, you can take advantage of that. Play good defense. Don't let Jalen Duran get rolling. Keep Cade Cunningham. Just make him shoot as much as possible because that's what he's going to want to do anyway. I think he's a very good basketball player, but they just don't have anything around him to, to help him thrive. It's disrespectful that the matchup predictor has a 51% for the Pistons. How dare they on ESPN? The, the Grizzlies' disrespect just continues continues but yeah uh, this is given, a game giving them every reason this Five is a game is there a is no reason no reason on this planet the grizzlies should lose this basketball game none whatsoever oh you just put the kiss of death on it then didn't you i, I that's the truth of it though <laughs> if i mean i don't know what else to say it's a it's a horrific well, will, will loss we add another if they low lose. point to the season if they for lose the this love game? of everything holy please no <laughs> Now, uh, I want to get to a little bit of real talk on some of the discussions that are being had about Jalen Noel and Vince Williams Jr. I'm fully on board. Vince Williams Jr. needs his roster spot. He has earned that. He has shown that. He has a 12-point performance, a 15-point performance. He's knocking down threes. He's playing with energy. He's playing with the energy that this team needs. He's been called on, and he is playing as if he's playing on a winning team. He doesn't care. Whatever is in front of him, he goes and makes things happen. And also, he's a good rebounding wing, like you mentioned. Now, Jalen Noel, I want to have a real conversation with people out there because I think this is overblown. He's got, he got a 10-day contract. He's played well. There's been a couple of games where offensively he's been the worst player on the court. Has he been a help to this team in its current state? Yes. But for people to act like they're staying power with Jalen Noel on this roster going into the future, I'm sorry I can't get there with them. I cannot get there on that same accord with you. He has his ups and his downs shooting from the field. Um, I think he is a, a solid defender, but no one's going to accuse him of being an uh, absolute juggernaut on that end. I think Vince Williams has shown he has the ability to do that. I think if we're talking about those two guys, who has the staying power, it's without question Vince Williams Jr. And I respect Jalen Noel for the intensity and the effort he's brought to this team. But after the second 10-day, when you start to get Luke Kennard and Marcus Smart back healthy, it's expendable and he'll probably not be on this team. That's my opinion on it, and I see a lot of people trying to sort of come to his rescue and say, well, he needs a long-term roster spot. I don't think that's how this is going to play out, and I don't think that's how this should play out. Yeah, you know, I think that Jalen Noel is a huge reason why they won the Dallas game. He's a reason they won the Utah game, even though he went 0 for 6 from the field. But he has, you know, he's an extremely streaky shooter. He is a great stopgap guy to have to bring in. He plays hard as hell. He hustles. He is the type of guy you want around a team. No doubt about it. If there is a way the Grizzlies could figure out to maybe keep him around, Sure, that would be great. But if it comes down to him and Luke Kennard minutes, I would rather see Luke Kennard get a run, especially with how he was playing before he got injured. I understand the reasoning behind people wanting Jalen Noel. I understand that people are frustrated. Well, you see a little bit of success. You see a two-game win streak and then play close with the Suns. You're like, oh, maybe they have something going here. But it's it's because of circumstances, sure. because of where we're at right now. If you're talking about long-term, someone who fits with this roster, who will continue to be useful on this roster, I think that's Vince Williams over a guy like Jalen Noel. I don't think Jalen Noel, I, while I respect everything he's brought in this short time, and I, I give the Grizzlies credit, the front office credit, for bringing him in on a couple of 10 days because they saw a guy that could help in the given moment and went and got him. I give them credit for that, but I just don't see him as some – guy that will stay on this roster long term. I know I could be wrong. I could have to eat crow on that, but it just doesn't seem like a realistic option. Well, I think the the realistic part of it is I think what we need to discuss because, you know, <clears throat> it's not him or Vince Williams because in my opinion and I think you've said it and I think everybody sees it when when the Vince Williams Jr. needs to be on this roster moving forward and be a But piece if you have a roster team. spot open and you're in your in if if it was either or, it's Vince Williams for me. Right. But the awkward conversation 
And the reason I understand people's frustrations when they're talking about Noel and why he may not be able to be on this team moving forward after the 10-day is they'll bring up Jake LaRavia. And I understand the frustration there. I don't necessarily disagree with the fact that he would probably be a better piece on this team than Jake LaRavia. I just don't know if it's realistic to think that the front office is going to pick him over Jake LaRavia. Well, th- and exactly. that's a dis- and th- th- those frustrations, I think, are valid, and I understand them. I just don't know if it's realistic to, to expect them to pick Jalen Noel over Jake LaRavia, even though it may be the best for the basketball team right now. Right now. Right. But I don't – with all of the discussions we're having about a 5-14 and 14 Memphis Grizzlies team, I don't <laughs> think – I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You should not be thinking about the here and now. That's like that. I I've gone past that. I understand that we need to preface these conversations maybe more often by saying that. But there there should be no reason to think about the exact here and now with John ja Morant. How many games from being back? Right, six games from being back. I just I, you should not be thinking about here and now. You should be thinking about future. That's what you I am. I am also of the opinion that Vince Williams Jr.'s impact has been much larger than than Jalen Noel. I don't. Think I think Noel's was felt big time in one game. And one game. Because it was, he scored it was the Mavs game. Because he scored a whole bunch and he was playing great in that one. I'm not sure you can necessarily say that about the rest of them. And here's what people have to understand at times when you're when you He's have He's been great when, for when, them. But, you know, he's done what he needed to do. I think you'll get here with me. When you have a bad team that had to get gone off on on the sideline by a player and in Marcus Smart, where they're not giving enough effort, sometimes guys emerge that give you effort. They may not be the most talented guys, but they look good and they make you feel good about the product because they're giving effort consistently on both ends. They play with desperation. They play with desperation. That's Jalen Noel. I don't think his skill set's big enough to warrant a long-term roster spot. I just don't think it's that at this moment. Have they played better with him on the roster? Without question. No doubt about it. But at the same time, you're also talking about a team that's decimated by injuries, and you cannot think about the here and now when it comes to this team and the injuries that they have right this second. You have to think about the rest of this. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.